that's a, a long reading, but uh, I cut out lots of it as well. So go home this afternoon and read the whole story. It's an amazing story. It's a mind-boggling story. It's also a really confusing story as well. There's bits in it you can think, what? Jesus was told that the person that he loved and the sisters that he loved was dying. He said, all right, well, I'll just stay here then for a bit longer. You think, what on earth is going on in this story? It's a strange but fantastic story. So take your time uh, to read it, and hopefully some of the words that I'm going to say this morning will help you in your understanding. So we've been looking for the past few weeks at a series called Encounters with Jesus. Different people that encountered Jesus and what effect it had on them and what effect it can have on us. And today we're looking at the the, the grieving sisters, Mary and Martha. You'll be pleased to, to hear that I've really only got two points that I want to put before you this morning. Now, which you might think could lead to a short sermon, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, just, just two points that I want to pull out from this. So, in our reading, you know, we're told that, that Jesus finds out that Lazarus is ill, but instead of going, he, uh, he stays and does some more stuff, and then he gets and he goes to Bethany, because that's where they lived. And one of the reasons why we called our daughter Bethany, a place that Jesus loved. And as he arrives there, Lazarus has been dead for four days now. And Martha runs out to him and says these words. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus hears that. And when he hears that, he responds in a particular way. And the way he responds is with his, how I express, with his Godhead on. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he goes on like that. And he gives a kind of theological response to, to Martha. But accurate and what was needed for Martha in that situation. Martha said to him, Jesus, you came too late. Too late, he's dead. And Jesus dismisses the doubt and gives hope instead. He says, With me, it's never too late. I'm here. Don't despair. And he points her to the heavens. In his book, Tim Keller, who this series we're basing on encounters with Jesus, he says he uses the ministry of truth because it's what Martha needed. But then, a few minutes later, he encounters Mary. And Mary says exactly the same words is Martha. The other sister, who he loved just as much as Martha, runs out and says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And how does he respond this time? It says in our reading, deeply moved in spirit and troubled, he just breaks down and cries. He just sobs. Keller says in his book, he's entering into her grief. It's the ministry of tears. It's what she needed. And just as a side here for you, for pub quiz people, we get the shortest verse in the Bible. John chapter 11, verse 35. In our, in our reading, it came up. Did you notice it? Just the two words. Jesus wept. Really powerful. Really powerful. In that situation, Jesus wept. You see, Jesus was able to be strong when he needed to be strong. Tender when he needed to be tender. And we will have natural instincts that push us one way or other. But we need to be able to be guided and realise what's needed in different situations. And we can look at Jesus as our example. Jesus is tenderness without weakness. He's strength without harshness. He's humility without lack of confidence. He's authority without arrogance. He's holiness without a shortage of inapproachability. He's power without insensitivity. He is God and he is human. And in this encounter, we see the, the, the two aspects of Jesus, God and humanity. And so the two points that I want to you know, bring out of this story, and I want to challenge you about, I've really got two challenges for you this morning, is that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus that we read about, clearly claimed to be God. In John 5 and 18, he equates himself with God. In John 8, 18, he uses the I am description of himself as all the Jews would know it's what God described himself in the Old Testament I am who I am in John 10 30 he says the father and I are one in John 14 6 he says I am the way the truth and the life in John 20 28 uh, Thomas says to him you are my Lord and my God and Jesus basically said yep you're right well done for realizing that he doesn't go, no, 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 you got it wrong. I'm just his servant. He says, yeah, I am your Lord and your God. Tim Keller says in his books, you have to deal with that claim. And he puts these words into the mouth of Jesus. You have to deal with my claims. If I am wrong, I am inferior to all these other founders of religions who have had the wisdom and the humility to not claim to be God. And if I'm right, I must be a superior way to find out who God is and what ultimately reality is. But I'm certainly not just equal to all others. So my first challenge to you this morning is, how do you 
view Jesus. Nicky Gumbel, who wrote the, the, the Alpha course, um, says this in the Alpha course. He's either a, a lunatic, a liar, or he is who he said he was. He is Lord. But we cannot say he was just a good guy. We cannot say he was just a good teacher. Because Jesus never claimed that for himself. He said that he was Lord. So what do you think about that? Could he just be a liar? Could he be somebody who spent his three and a half years lying? Was he a con man? Did he deceive the disciples? Were they sucked in by, by this con man? Did they end up dying? We understand all the disciples, you know, on the base of a con man duped them. Is that what you think Jesus was? Do you think he was a con man? Or do you think he was a lunatic? Do you think he was just mentally deranged? He actually thought he was God. He wasn't, but he thought he was. He was just deluded. Do you think he was a lunatic? Had aspirations above his station. And in doing that, managed to convince the followers that he actually was God. Or do you think that he was Lord? He was who he said he was. I want to challenge you and encourage you again this morning that it's not acceptable to come to the conclusion he was just a good guy who said good things because that's not one of the options that Jesus leaves us. But the other aspect of this story, my other challenge for you this morning, is in my mind even harder to get my head round. Because the other part of this story is that Jesus lived his life on earth as a human. If he wasn't fully human, if he knew all things at all time, then I don't really like the guy very much in this story. Imagine if he... Imagine, and I'm going to expand on this, so don't throw stones at me too early on. Imagine if he was still omniscient at that point in time, that he knew everything. So he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And Mary comes to him, sobbing and weeping. And instead of saying to Mary, Mary, it's okay, I'm going to raise him from the dead in five minutes, don't worry about it. He cries. Why is he crying? Why is he upset? When he knows what he said, don't, don't, don't do that. I mean, watch, just watch this. But he doesn't do that. In our story, we understand from the words of the story that he spoke to God and said, God, can you sort this? And he says, thanks for hearing me, God. And he says, I've said that out loud, God, for everybody else. I knew you were going to hear me. But he chatted to God. And he says, thanks, God. Jesus didn't know what was going to happen in the future because he was living as a human being. Jesus lived his life as a human. 
In Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus says these words. No one knows the days or hours when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. That's, that's Jesus. Only the Father knows. Jesus, I don't know when these things are going to happen. Only God the Father knows. Because the Bible tells us that he laid aside that aspect. He was God, but he laid aside his majestic powers. We're told in John chapter 6 that he had a will like us. We're told in Luke chapter 2 that he had a mind. Chapter 2 and verse 52. And I, I went to see Martin at the back before the first service to just check my theology was right with Martin. Now, I always do that because Martin is the church theologian, as he, he says he isn't, to be honest. And I said, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom. How could Jesus grow in wisdom? Did Jesus not know everything? How could Jesus become more, more wise? Can God become more wise? Is God not as wise as it becomes? But Jesus grew more wise. Why was that? Because he was a human. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, we're told that he, he marveled. He was astonished. Something happened and Jesus said, that astonishes me. That surprises me. Isn't that amazing? Well, we do that when it's a surprise. Because we didn't know what was going to happen. In Matthew 26, 38, we're told he was sorrowful. In John 12, 27, we're told he was troubled. Paul in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 says, He was made like us in every way. Jesus was made like us in every way. So ask yourself this morning, are you omniscient? Are you omnipotent? If you don't understand these words, look them up. Yeah, develop yourself. Uh, uh, are you all-knowing? Are you all-powerful? Do you know everything? Well, Jesus was made like us in every way. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, He was tempted like us in every way. The gospel shows that Jesus was a man who was born, who aged, and he died. He was a human. He got hungry. He got thirsty. Now, the early church had to struggle with this and try and work all this out. And when they did, they put together something which they called the hypostatic union. Sounds exciting, that. Remember that, and you can sound intelligent. The hypostatic union. And this is what they said. They said Jesus Christ is having two natures, a divine nature and a human nature, yet being one person. Christ unites in himself uniquely and in an unrepeatable way this union of the human and the divine. The, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which I'm sure you read most weeks of your life, but if you dig into it, this is how they summarise this situation. Christ, the Son of God, became man by taking to himself a true body and a reasonable soul. I don't quite know what a reasonable soul is about there. You know, you know, not a good soul, just a reasonable soul. Uh, um, you see, in, in John's letters, in the, 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 uh, 
to the church. John argues against the, the doubters, the, the Gnostics, who didn't believe that Christ was truly human. So here's the second challenge for you this morning. Jesus did everything that he did on earth without his godly powers. I'll say that again. Jesus did everything that he did on earth without his godly powers. He did them as a man. He raised Lazarus from the dead as a man who communicated with his father and used his power. That's why he cried. He cried because his best mate had died and he was upset. But then he spoke to God and he raised him from the dead. He wasn't, you know, like Hercules, if you know your Greek mythology. He wasn't a, a god in a human body that could do super powerful things of himself. The supernatural things he did, he did because God walked through him. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, it's pretty clear that he gave up his divine power. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 8. Jesus says himself in John chapter 5, verses 19 to 30, the Son can do nothing of himself. That is pretty clear. He says later on in that, I can of myself do nothing. Which is really, really powerful. Let me read you to what Jesus says in John chapter 14. I'm making this point deliberately by referring to lots of verses of the Bible because it's a really challenging point. And Jesus says this in John 14. He says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my, my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. That is what, how we describe ourselves all the time. The Holy Spirit living in us. God's power living in us allows us to, to do the stuff for God that we do. And that's exactly how Jesus describes himself. Hebrews 2 verse 79 says he was made a little lower than the angels. So he's like us with our limitations. If he wasn't like us, then what's Paul talking about when Paul encourages us to follow Paul's example as he follows Christ's example? But he was fully human. And therefore, the miracles he did, he did as a man. He walked in water as a man, like Peter did. And like somebody else I know has done as well. As a man, through God's power. He healed as a man. He raised from the dead as a man. Just like Paul did in Acts. And others have done throughout church history. He empathised with people as a man. He got it right all the time as a human being. He resisted temptation as a man. 
Christ resisted temptation because he was God powers. I'll just ignore it. I can't do that. Is, is God doing that? If Christ raised people from the dead as God, well, what's that got to do with me? I can't do that. If Christ raises people, you know, heals people as God, nothing to do with me. I can't get involved in that. He doesn't. He did it as a man. So this is a challenge if you call yourself a Christian. But it also gives us hope. The hope for you, if you call yourself a Christian, is you can be different. well this is just me there is hope that things can change we have Jesus as an example he is our example we are told to be imitators of Christ and that wasn't sarcasm eh? as it would be if we were told to you know, be like God no, be imitators of Christ so my challenge for you today if you call yourself a Christian is to remain positive Remain hopeful. Aim to use the Holy Spirit within you to enable you to live the life that you're called to live. To represent Jesus. To represent the way as you live your life on earth. So two challenges this morning. One challenge is, how do you view Jesus? Lord, lunatic, liar. And the second challenge is, how are you going to represent Jesus, the fully human example for us? Thank you. I'm just going to pray, and as I pray, Hetty's going to lead us.